Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Moe, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today, we'll be drinking a 2019 Fess Parker Riesling, talking with the Padres pre- and post-game radio broadcaster, Sam Levitt, and doing our National League West preview. So grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh, red wine, that's good for my health, uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh, allow me to introduce myself, I said. You ready to drink some wine, Scotty? I am ready to drink some wine, Sarah. Okay. Today, we are drinking a white wine. It's going to be our first Riesling, so excited for that. It is the 2019 Fess Parker Riesling from Santa Barbara County. So before I pour it, I'm going to just read some more about it. You can tune this out if you want to, Scotty. No, I'm, I'm uh, excited <laughs> to hear about this Riesling from okay. Santa Barbara. Okay. Well, first I just want to get into what a Riesling is because this is our first one and we both don't really like whites really that much. Riesling so. is a sweeter wine too, right? Yes, but this one is an off-dry, which means that it's dry, I learned. So Riesling possesses a remarkable ability to reflect the character of wherever it is grown while still maintaining its identity. Um, It says that it's a versatile grape that can be enjoyed as dry or sweet, young or old, still or sparkling, and can age longer than nearly any other white variety. When you're looking for a drier one, you want to look for the word trocken i guess or anything that means off dry which means indicates that it's more drier riesling so that's the riesling for you um fess parker itself was established in 1989 in santa barbara county um it's a well it's well known and it's a small lot hand harvested vineyard with a lot of burgundian as i say it burgundian varietals so like burgundy wines Mm, or grapes Rather, um, and it's been in the family for three generations. Um, the winemaker's notes, 2019 Riesling is refreshing off dry wine with a pale straw color. So you can see it does kind of look like wheat or straw, um, or you can see Scotty, no one else can. Um, it's prominent in apricot, white peach, lychee nut, granny smith apple, and lemon cream flavors. That's what the winemaker says. We'll see if we taste those things as well. We are serving it slightly chilled, but again, you don't have to. Um, on the bottle, it doesn't indicate that. It should be served at a certain temperature. So, yeah. Let's get into it. This is also a twist-off bottle, so there's no so, cork pop. We'll still hear the, hear the pour, right? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. If, I, if I do this right. First. <laughs> Want to hand me your glass? Glass, yes. It's a big pour just for you. Yeah. Alright, what do you smell? Mm, I get pear. Ooh, pear, yeah, for sure. Um, peach a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Ooh, also smells like a little like gasoline-y at first. Ooh. I don't know, like very strong. Oversmelled. <laughs> I got some on my face. Hmm. Might be a cheaper way to fill up my car. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to that. Mm. Oh, wow. 
Okay, so um, I was a little pessimistic when you said Riesling. Um, when I think of Riesling, I think of something like really like a sweet white wine. Um, but this is not like it has like notes of sweetness, but it's definitely not. Um, I, I I see where it gets the term off dry. Yeah, I don't really know what that. I don't is, know why they don't call it there. just dry, dry. Call it just dry, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. But it is. It's probably because it's towards the Swedish side because it's a Riesling in its nature. So it's like an off dry, like an off white kind of thing. Ah. It's not quite white, but it's off white. Not like quite that. dry, but off dry. Makes sense. Yeah, I taste the pear as just like wh- how I smell it. Yeah, I definitely taste the pear too. Um. And it's subtle. And it's not it's not buttery, but it's smooth. It doesn't taste buttery, but it it, I do get the vanilla cream in there. An apricot? Yeah, definitely apricot. Yeah. All yeah. right. It's good. Yeah. We'll this drink one. some more of it as yeah. we talk NOS. NOS, let's go. That's why. Also, I got this one from California, Santa Barbara. Yes, there's no team, but outside of LA and San Diego, where they're known for their grapes Beautiful. in Cali. So. Beautiful part of California, I believe. Never been. Me neither. Go, but. NL West. NL West. And now for an interview with Sam Levitt of the Padres. All right. Well, today we have on a very special guest. He is the pre and post game voice of Padres Radio Network, um, 97.3 The Fan. San Diego. Um, He also does some college sports and previously has done minor league baseball broadcasting, but most importantly, he worked on the Cape the same time I did and was a broadcaster um, on the Cape. So that's how we know each other. Welcome, Sammy Levitt. Sarah, Scott, thanks for having me. Uh, Greetings from Peoria, Arizona at Padre Spring Training. It's a very rainy day here, so I'm not super optimistic that we're going to play this game tonight based on the forecast and uh, what's going on outside, but uh, good to be with you. Yeah, welcome, Sam. Um, it's actually snowing in Pittsburgh, so I think I'd rather be in Arizona right now, but uh, we're happy to have you here. Yeah, super yeah, great, happy great to, to be have with you. you. Yeah, it's awesome. So good to have you. It's We've known each other, I was just telling Scott, like almost a decade now. Is that right? Yeah, summer of 2012 and then 13 um, in the Cape. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's over a decade, um, which is crazy because it it uh, the summers in the Cape don't seem like that long ago. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long road since then. Yeah, I just remember you know having good times on the Cape, just being dumb college kids, but loving every minute of watching baseball. And um, it's cool to see everyone just move up and still keep in touch with all the people on the Cape and find them scattered around the league. Um, and we also crossed paths a little while when I was in Houston and you um, were with Round Rock. So that was cool. I got to see you in uh, West Palm for a hot second. Yeah, there. Cor- Corpus Christi. Shout oh, out Corpus, Corpus Christi. Christi. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. They're, they're, they're close enough in Texas. But yes, uh, Corpus Christi. And um, to your point on, on the Cape League, I think what's really interesting, and I was thinking about this the other day, is that, you know, that was really, you know, not just 
um, at least for me, my introduction into broadcasting, but really my introduction into kind of the world of baseball. Like I, you know, I'd always been a huge baseball fan, a huge New York Mets fan growing up and, you know, love the game, but I didn't understand the, you know, the scouting element or the baseball operations element or, or really any of that. You know, I never really, uh, you know, looked into any of that or thought much about it beyond what I was seeing league. So uh, I was thinking about that the other day, actually, about how that was kind of the the first introduction I had into, you know, really how this whole thing works top to bottom, you know, from when college kids are getting scouted um, and drafted and uh, all the different things that go into that, to how they rise uh, through the minor leagues and, and beyond. So uh, anyway, just a, a random thought on uh, the Cape League experience. Yeah, we'll have to maybe have you back this summer if you're not too busy and do like a Cape League reunion, maybe with the Ryan and J-Rock and the whole gang. Yeah, sounds good. Um, Yeah, so this is our NL West preview show. We've just finished all of um, three weeks of AL previews. So we're on to the National League, which is really exciting because the National League is a little bit more competitive, a little bit more stacked, right? Um, fun to watch, So. I think the Padres are really stacked. They made a lot of interesting moves. Obviously, the trade deadline last year was also very exciting for the Padres, and I'm sure from your seat as well. But um, what do you have on the 23 Padres and how they differ from the 22 Padres? Well, first, the the overall thought on the 2023 Padres is that, I mean, it's it's the most highly anticipated season in the history of the franchise. Um, and that's for a few reasons that's because they went to the nlcs last year and came a, a few games away from going to the world series and what they did against the dodgers in the nlds was truly a a pivotal moment in this franchise's uh, history um because you know that had been the team for the last uh, handful of years that's dominated the nl west now the dodgers also dominated the nl west in the regular season last year um but the padres it felt like took a major step forward by beating them in the division series. So that that is the first part of the excitement um, towards this season. The other enormous element of that is it's a team on paper that is um, that should have every chance to go to a World Series and potentially win a World Series. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of star power from Manny Machado to Juan Soto to Xander Bogarts to Fernando Tatis Jr., who will come back on April 20th. The, the list goes beyond that even. I mean, when you talk about Joe Musgrove and you Darvish and Blake Snell, um, you know, Jake Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, uh, even guys they signed over the offseason um, to smaller contracts like a Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, it's a team, you know, Josh Hader, I should put, certainly put in that mix as well. Um, Robert Suarez, who was terrific uh, in the second half of last year and in the postseason and, and got a, a contract, uh, well, not a contract extension, but opted out and then was re-signed to a much bigger contract. So from an offensive standpoint, from a top of the rotation standpoint, um, their bullpen, it's a team on paper that should not just have a, a very good chance to win this division and truly compete with the Dodgers for the division for the first time in a long time, um, but truly has has World Series aspirations. And that's the feeling here at spring training camp over the course of the last four weeks. There's no secret about what this team 
um, is trying to accomplish. Obviously, the money they've spent over the course of the last couple of years has been extremely notable. It's been something um, that they're spending to a level the Padres have never seen. Um, and a lot of credit goes to Peter Seidler, the ownership, uh, uh, A.J. Preller. Uh, they have done whatever it takes to put this kind of team on the field that has a, a legitimate chance to go win a World Series and has that goal. So it's a, it's a very, very exciting time, and the fans have have responded to that. I mean, last year at Petco Park, it was buzzing every night. I mean, the crowds were unbelievable. The atmosphere in the postseason was tremendous. Um, you know, they have a season ticket waiting list for the first time in in the history of the team. Oh, wow. um, you know, they're, they're, I, I, I don't know how many sellouts they're expecting. I think they got 20-something sellouts last year. I think it's going to be more than that. I don't, you know, you know, have information as to as to how many they're expecting but i i would be um what i expect and i think we all expect is that the crowds are going to be tremendous again and um the city of san diego the region i mean they're invested in this team in just uh you know in a way that and I, of course i wasn't you know in san diego for it but in a way that uh you know, maybe the, the only time that, that rivals it is when they went to the World Series in 1998. But I talk to people around San Diego. I talk to people around that have been around this team for years and years, and they have never seen anything like this as far as the um, the passion for this team. You know, you, you might have seen like the videos and the photos from the fan fest they had right before spring training at Petco yeah. Park. I mean, it was it was wild. Was um, awesome. you know, yeah, I mean, it was, it was tremendous. And, um, you know, you, you couple that with the star power, um, with the quality of the team and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's a very exciting time. And now, now as we are a couple of weeks away from spring training, and I know this is a very rambling answer, so I apologize. No, we're, no, uh, it's good. We're, we're a couple of weeks away from spring training. Look, the, the question now is going to become, um, what does this season hold? Um, you know, it's a team where if the Padres certainly, I mean, if they were not to make the postseason, it would be a massive, massive disappointment. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this team will make the postseason, um, and, uh, and should be right there for the division. Um, but look, I think the reality is, is anything short of the world series is going to be a disappointment. Um, just based on what they did last year and what this roster is. And that's, that's, you know, those are very lofty expectations. Nobody's, nobody's shying away from that. So, you know, in a couple of weeks here, it's, it's going to go from the uh, tremendous amount of excitement around this team to, okay, let, let's see what, what this season brings and, and uh, what this year is all about. Because, you know, I think, I think what's easy to forget is last season was a little bit of a roller coaster. You know, there were some ups for the team, you know, offensively, they were very up and down. Their starting pitching um, really carried this team wire to wire. Um, you know, there were stretches of really good play. There were stretches of not so good play. Um, I think a lot of us not necessarily forgot about that, but it got a little overlooked in the retrospect of the season because of what happened in October. Um, and, and beating the Mets on the road and beating the Dodgers and giving the Phillies a good series. But, um, yeah, in a couple of weeks here, we're, we're officially going to transition from 
preseason excitement, the offseason, um, everything surrounding this team to, okay, you know, is, is this team going to be a dominant force like a lot of people expect them to be? Um, so, you know, that's the beauty of baseball and sports is we, we in the baseball especially because it's so long and it's every day, um, is uh, we, we get to find out that answer day by day. So, so Sam, um, I think what sticks out most to me is, like you said, the money spent this offseason. Um, and San Diego is considered a smaller market. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to Sarah about this on previous episodes. Like, uh, I think it's so good for the game of baseball what Peter Seidler and the and the Padres front office is doing, locking up, you know, locking up Bogarts, Tatis, and even re-signing Machado. Um, mm -hmm. before the season to 10 to 12 year deals. Um, do you think they can serve as as an example for other smaller markets in baseball? I mean, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, it's I think the frustrating um thing for fans here is that we're not locking guys up, spending the money to keep players. Because if you if you spent money in Pittsburgh, you see the Steelers, the Penguins, passionate fan bases. P yeah. People will show up. And it, and as you said, people at the showed up to the fan fest. It was electric. So I guess, do you think this the Padres can serve as an, as an example for other smaller markets in, in the league? I do. Um, you know, I think there's right now a lot of proof in the pudding with what they've done, right? They, they are investing in this team uh, in a way that's never been done before. And you're right. The fans have responded to it. Um, and you would hope that's a cycle of, of investment, of response, of winning, of investment, of response, of winning. I mean, ideally, that should be what, what a team strives for. Um, you know, I do think it's, it's obviously opened a lot of eyes, what the Padres have done financially. Um, and I do think it, you know, I can totally understand why fan bases in mid to smaller markets you know, that, that traditionally don't spend that kind of money or anywhere near it kind of look at it and, and say, well, why can't my team do that? And, and maybe that is ultimately a good thing for the game because, you know, I, I don't love the, the idea that there are, you know, teams every year that really, you know, and look in baseball, we don't have a salary cap and um, you know, it's a, it's a different, financial sport in that sense than you know the nba or the nfl and obviously the contracts in those sports are huge too but obviously there are there are there are limits on what you can spend and, and how you can spend the money but you know the idea that that we have teams that are just not really competing um is not good for the game i mean it's not good for those fan bases um so i i do think scott that that yes as far as serving as a model absolutely um, I do want to get into the rotation a little bit. You said last year, you know, they really carried the team wire to wire. This year they picked up a lot of offensive pieces. So do you think the offense is going to be more powerful than the rotation this year? Or will they be on an equal level? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good question. Um, you know, their rotation is, I'll start with the rotation, then we'll we'll transition to the offense. The rotation is really interesting because you Darvish is coming off a, terrific season um you know right now is playing for team japan in the world baseball classic there's a chance that he may not even make a cactus league start uh depending on if uh team japan goes to the final and when he pitches and you look at the calendar I mean, over the next couple of weeks here and 
you start looking at it like, okay, there's there's only a handful of games by the time he gets back from the WBC. But I mean, that's just a, a side story right now. Uh, but look, U Darvish is coming off a terrific season. Also got extended um, in the off season to take him uh, beyond his age forty season in San Diego. Joe Musgrove, um, you know, is coming off in a great season. Um, couple of, of you know an outstanding performance in the wild card series um, against the Mets and is just a, a terrific story. He's a, a hometown guy, um, is super popular, loves playing for this team and in, in, in San Diego, and um, you know and uh, for him obviously during during the middle of last season also signed an extension. And then Blake Snell, who you know started last year with injuries. Um, you know, had an up and down first couple of months, but then really came on strong uh, in the second half of the year. And when Blake Snell is is going right, I mean, from a, a stuff perspective, he's as, as good as anybody. I mean, he can be as dominant and, and as swing and miss um, as anybody in the game um, and, and is in a, a contract year. Uh, and right now is healthy, and that's great. So, you know, I think the expectation for Blake is that um, the Padres are hoping he's going to really be able to put it all together for 162 games and, and be that super dominant version of Blake Snell we've seen. So that's your top three. And then after that, the plan has been for the Padres to go with a six-man rotation. So they re-signed Nick Martinez, um, you know, who was really good last year for them uh, in uh, in uh, you know a number of different roles and starting and relieving and being a long man, but also taking on more of a you know kind of a late inning role when they needed him. I mean, he was just super uh, flexible last season. The expectation though is that he's going to be a starter throughout the year, which is something he hasn't done in the major leagues in a while. Um, so Martinez has been very effective, but that question is is going to remain of um, getting him through the season as a starter until he gets through the entirety of the of the campaign. Um, then Seth Lugo, very effective, has had some really good numbers, has really good stuff. Same thing for him, um, where first time in a while, he's going to be a starting pitcher throughout a regular season. And then after that, the Padres, you know, early in spring training signed Michael Waka, who is coming off a nice season with the, with the Red Sox. And, um, you know, obviously has had success in the past and is, has been more of a traditional starter over the over the course of his career. So those are your your six guys. Joe Musgrove fractured his toe, but he's on his way back. So they may be without him. Yeah. Uh, do you know which toe? It is his big left toe because he oh, okay. Yeah, dropped a, a kettlebell on it uh, in the weight room. So, um, but he is he's remarkably already throwing bullpen sessions. Only more than a couple wow. of weeks after it. Uh, after the injury so it sounds like realistically he may miss a start or two but um they have not ruled out him being in that first turn through the rotation so that was the long answer to say that there's a lot of talent in the rotation i mean the top three darvish Snell, musgrove um you know all when they're when they're at their best can be really really good and, and so can martinez and so can lugo i mean there's a lot of really good stuff um, just the more of the questions with Lugo and Martinez is about just the, the course of the season and the number of innings they're going to have to throw, which they haven't done in a long time. But when you look right. at it just from an effectiveness perspective, top to bottom, one through five, one through six, assuming they do go with the six man, which is what it appears it's going to be when everybody's healthy. Um, there's a chance that the rotation's really, really good. 
um, you know, and, and if they stay healthy, could be really good. Uh, the offense, I mean, look, if everybody's healthy, this offense should should rock. Um, the top four, when Tatis comes back, is some version of Tatis, um, Machado, Soto, Bogarts. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, it that, really doesn't. That's an, that's an outstanding top four and the idea that pitchers are going to have to get through those guys three, four times a game in a row. That's a nightmare. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, Machado, maybe a future hall of famer. I mean, Fernando has a long way to go, but, um, has immense talent, obviously. Um, and, uh, Bogarts is terrific. And, and Soto, obviously, I mean, is maybe the best hitter in the game. So, it's terrific, but but I would say this, you know, the focus is always going to be on that top four, but there's a lot behind that when you have somebody like Jake Cronenworth, who's a two-time All-Star and, um, you know, is a really, really good player. Uh, Hassan Kim, who offensively took steps forward last year, and you could see a scenario where he does that again this season. Trent Grisham's coming off a down year offensively, but has power, you know, and plays great defense, and if he just can hit, you know, let's say 240 and hit home runs, I mean, is a great player. And, and, you know, you don't need him to maybe do more than that in this particular lineup. Um, and then you add in the Matt Carpenter part of it and, um, and Nelson Cruz and Adam Engel. And, you know, there's a couple of spots that they're figuring out uh, on the bench. But, I mean, look, when you have a lineup with that kind of depth, um, you have a lineup with that, that level of um, – productivity and power at the very top i mean look if they don't score runs and they don't hit it's going to be a massive conversation because there's absolutely no reason this team should not score runs so again that was a very rambling long answer to get to your original question of you know who will carry who i think was the original question i mean to me when i look at this team i would not be surprised if we're looking at a team that outslugs people um mm -hmm. You know, I do think they have the potential in the rotation to pitch very well, top to bottom. But when you're looking at this kind of the, the safe bet or like what will carry this team on a night to night basis, I mean, it, it's got to be the offense. I mean, there's no way you mm -hmm. can look at their lineup and look at and look at the guys in that lineup and not imagine a scenario where they're scoring a lot of runs and hitting a lot of home runs. Um, so to me. I think the, the the top group here or the group you're expecting to really produce night in, night out, no matter what, is that offense, which a year ago I wouldn't have said. You know, the starting pitching I thought was really the um, kind of the anchor of the team. But uh, this year, I mean, there, there's no excuse for the San Diego Padres not scoring runs and, and doing it uh, most nights. So to me, the offense is the – is the group that that I think has a real chance to to carry this team for uh, for a full season? Yeah. So Sam, uh, one thing I noticed with the Padres front office is they're not um, they're not afraid to call up top prospects, even from a ball. I, I mean, I've seen it a few times with uh, um, some of their past prospects. I you know I know they lost a lot last year in the Soto trade with Hassel, James Wood. Um, and Mackenzie Gore, do you think there's a chance that Jackson Merrill sees the big leagues this year? He's younger, but yeah, no. not not this year. Um, he's 19, you know, mm. and, and he's played a lot in spring training. Part of that is that he's a top prospect. Part of that is that 
you know, so many guys were gone for the World Baseball Classic, so he had more opportunities to play. Um, he also finished last year at low A. So, you know, he's got a ways to go still. Sure. Do I think in the next year or two you could see him? Maybe. Um, look, the question for, for Merrill positionally, you know, is he's a shortstop right now. And if you notice, the Padres have Xander Bogarts at short and Ricardo mm-hmm. at third um, for a while. So, you know, ultimately he's probably going to get moved off that left side of the infield. Um but the, the reviews you hear about Merrill and what he did last year at times when he was healthy in the minors was extremely impressive. And people had been very impressed with him um, uh, here at uh, here at spring training as well. So he's got a ton of talent. Um, he's a very mature hitter already. But I, I think we're still a ways away from from him. You know, the, the interesting thing just generally about the Padres top prospects um, when you talk about uh, Merrill, when you talk about Ethan Salas, who's made headlines because he played in that spring training game the other day and he's 16 and was the number one international prospect. Dylan Lesko was their first round pick last year. Um, there's there's still a lot of talent in that prospect group. They're all young. You know, Lesko is mm-hmm. just, just drafted and coming off Tommy John. Uh, Merrill's only 19. Salas is 16, but is somebody that you know, they feel could could still get here before his 20th birthday. Um, so there's there's talent, but it all is younger, uh, or I should say the very top of the list is is younger and uh, in, in a ways away. So, um, no, you know, back to just Merrill. I mean, no, he's I think this is a year for Jackson Merrill um, where he will be in the minor leagues. You know, he dealt with injuries last year and. For him, I think the focus has to be, A, try to stay healthy the whole year and put together a, a, a really good 140-game season where, you know, I don't know where he's going to start, if that's going to be low A or high A, but where he ends the year at high A or, or double A in San Antonio, um, you know, and is healthy and productive and then then really enters this time of year next year, spring training, where you know, I don't know. Maybe there is a chance you could see him in the big leagues at, at some point next year or, or the year after. Yeah, interesting. Um, on that front, so Scotty and I are doing these previews and we pick um, for each division a pick to click. Is You talked about the top four of the lineup. Is there anyone that's not, you know, star power or that's an obvious like, yeah, they're going to have a great year that you think, you know, have a breakout candidate on the San Diego Padres? I mean, I, I look at uh, I look at Jake Cronenworth. Um, you know, I think I think the world of Jake. Um, he's a really good player. He's super versatile defensively. He's a good hitter. You know, some of his numbers, average wise, things like that, were probably lower last year than uh, where he would have wanted. Uh, but hits home runs. I, I just think. You know, with the other guys around him in that lineup, he's primed to have a really, really solid uh, full season. And I think he's really capable of doing that. And, you know, his his worth goes so beyond what he does offensively because he's so good defensively at different positions. Like Cronenworth's going to play a lot of first base, but there will be days where Matt Carpenter will play first base and then Jake will go to second base. And, I mean, 
Cronenworth has played shortstop before. I mean, he can he can do it all. And if you had to throw him in the outfield one day, I'm sure he could. Uh, I'm sure he could do that. Um, but you know, he stands out to me. I really think Trent Grisham is going to have a better season. Um, you know, and, and when you mix in the power he has, I mean, I think. Look, I think Trent Grisham. Remember, a couple of years ago, he had. I mean, he had a really nice offensive season, uh, top to bottom, and then you know plays good defense. So. To me, Grisham and Cronenworth are the everyday guys in the, in the lineup who have a, a terrific chance. Um, you know, and then I'd say as, as, you know, crazy as it sounds is I think it's easy to forget how good Fernando Tatis Jr. is. Yeah. Um, you know, he had obviously uh, a whirlwind of a last year between, you know, uh, arriving to spring training last year and having the wrist injury and, ultimately coming back from that on, on the rehab assignment. And then during that getting the suspension and somehow, you know, didn't play a, a game last year, um, which when you just think about it, you know, looking back is, is wild that, you know, he ended up missing a full year, but you know, if you remember what he did in 2021, I mean, he is, I mean, he's an excellent, excellent player um, when healthy could could be the best player in the game. I mean, when when he's when he's healthy and in producing, um, and how special he's been over the course of the first couple of years of his career. So as 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 crazy as it may sound, I mean, I I view Fernando as possibly that breakout candidate again because when he comes back, if he is the Fernando Tatis Jr. that we saw in 2021, I mean, he's he's great. He's great, and he will make this team that much better. And the the interesting thing with Fernando, too, when you talk about breakout candidate, is like we may find out that he's a terrific outfielder. Uh, yeah, you know, he's going to play right field. Uh, he was a shortstop when he when in twenty twenty one. So um, a lot has changed around Fernando and this team since the last time he played in a game for the Padres. So, you know, I would say you know, kind of the obvious choices, guys like Cronenworth and Grisham and in, and outside the, the big four names. But I, I do think in a, in kind of a sense, you know, Fernando can, can kind of break out again because I think it's, you know, I think it's easy to forget how good this guy is and how yeah. special he is and how excited he is. Um, so I'm look, I'm really, I didn't get to see him last year. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to watching him beginning on April 20th. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I'm I'm excited to see what he looks like in the outfield. Um, but you know, one name speaking of pick, picks a click for the Padres, someone that jumps to mind is Luis Campusano yeah. potentially getting more consistent playing time. I mean, do you see a scenario where he potentially becomes an everyday catcher or maybe splits time with Asanoa? Yeah, I mean, I think it will be. I think he will be probably not a an equal split of time with Nola to start the year, but he will play a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Campusano, I think, will get a chance to play at least a couple of times a week um, from the outset. And you're right. That's another name that I should have included in in that list of picks to click is Campusano. You know, he's a he's a very highly touted prospect, always was great offensively in the minor leagues and, and really has never had an opportunity to play anywhere close to every day on some sort of long term basis in the major leagues. So he's going to get that opportunity this year. Um, again, he's not going to be the starting catcher. It'll be Austin Nola.
but he will, you know, you you guys know the way catchers work now. I mean, the, the backup, you know, DH ain't up there, but DH in both leagues. I mean, you, you'll get you'll get to play, you know, one or two times per week. Um, so he's always been very, very talented offensively and with power. You know, defensively, they they felt like the last few years he's had to do some work and learning how to work with pitchers and. I know from talking to people uh, here at spring training, you know, they feel like he's really made progress in that department. Um, so I think the hope is, is that he's made enough progress in that department where it's, it's not viewed as any sort of negative to his game. And, uh, and the offense has always been there in the minor leagues and uh, he'll get a chance now to, to show that. And look, I, I don't think it's Scott, a, a crazy idea to think that if he's, tearing the cover off the ball every time he plays that that split with nola may become more equal playing time or who knows right i mean if he's if he's producing at a super high level so the good news for luis is that he's he should really have that opportunity over a long stretch to to show what he can do and um you know when you talk about long-term catcher over the next few years you know luis may could could certainly be that guy for the Padres, but I, I think I think right now you view Nola as uh, as as the number one catcher. Luis will play a lot, and he's going to have a real opportunity to to show what he can do in a way that he hasn't been given before. Nice, yeah, we love an offensive catcher on this podcast, um, <laughs> definitely. Um, okay, so that brings me to my final question. All of that being said, where do you see? the Padres finishing in this division because for me, the top three, you know, the Dodgers Padres giants are kind of they uh, it's anyone's game at this point because the season hasn't started. Um, but the D backs are kind of sneaky too. So mm -hmm. just curious what you, where you think they'll finish. You know, I almost hesitate to say it because I, I feel as though, um, you know, some Padres fans may not like me saying this, but that the Dodgers deserve some respect based on based on what uh, they've done over the last decade and how they've absolutely commanded this division at the top. Um, obviously, as you as you know, uh, it was a very different offseason for the Dodgers. They did not spend the type of money we're used to seeing them spend. They've also had some unfortunate news in spring training with the Gavin Lux injury. He's gone for the mm -hmm. year. Um, which I hate to see because he was going to have a real opportunity to play shortstop and make that his position. So you just feel terrible for Gavin Lux. Um, and, you know, the other day, I mean, I, was it yesterday where Freddie Freeman apparently came out of the Team Canada game with a hamstring? I mean, I, I don't know what the severity of that is the next morning, but if that is if that means that Freeman's going to miss any amount of time, I mean, that's not great. Um, so... I guess my, my point of the Dodgers is that even though it's been a bit of a different offseason and they've already dealt with some pretty significant injuries, um, it's it's almost hard for me to, to move them off that top spot. But when you look at what the Padres have done, when you look at what the Dodgers have done, um, and you look at this Padres team, the experience of last season, the star power they have in the lineup, the quality of pitching, and by the way, and we haven't really discussed at length the bullpen. The Padres, they're beyond the top four of that lineup. Their biggest strength may end up being their mm -hmm. bullpen. They, they have that bullpen group between 
Hader and Suarez and Garcia and potentially a healthy Drew Pomerantz and some of the other pieces, they have a shot to be a a very, very good bullpen. Like really, really good. Um, My pick is the Padres to win the NOS. And I don't just say that as somebody who's here and who sees them every day. Um, I, I, you look at the team, you look at what they have, you look at potentially the Dodgers taking a step back this year and not being quite as good. Um, to me, it's the Padres division to lose. I mean, so my pick to win the NOS is the Padres. Um, I love it. Love it. Despite, you know, you know, and again, like, I, I think a lot of people kind of tiptoe around it because of what the of what the Dodgers have have accomplished, and and you know, and and you, you obviously you can't count out the LA Dodgers because it's a team with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman in their lineup, and Will Smith, and um, a lot of good players, and some great starting pitching, and um, you know the ability to make trades. Like you, I, I think this will be a tight race in this division. But my pick's the Padres. I just I think it's the Padres' time, and certainly it's their opportunity to do it. I mean, the time is now. They yep. they they finally um, beat the Dodgers uh, in the NLDS, which was an enormous deal for the team and for the city. This is now the time to take the next step and make the division their own. And, and certainly, I mean, they've got the team to do it. So my pick to win the NL West is the Padres. Um, you know, quickly. Like, I think there are teams that, you know, the Giants should be better. I'm with you. Um, I don't know that they're quite what the Dodgers and the Padres are, but they should be better. I'll tell you what, one of my, one of the things I've been saying for the last year, or really, I guess, like since the the second half of last season, I think the Diamondbacks are going to be a lot better than people think. Um, Definitely. I, I don't know that the Diamondbacks will necessarily get to the postseason, but I, I would not be shocked at all if the Diamondbacks are very much in the mix for a wild card spot in the second half of the year and, and maybe into September. Um, they're a very talented young team. They've got some more veteran-type starting pitching um, that's really good. They've got some young starting pitching that's really talented. Um, they're fast. They're young. Um, and they've just got a lot of talent. I, I you know, I say that from watching them last year. I say that from being in Amarillo in 2021 and seeing some of these guys. They've got a lot of talent. I, I think the Diamondbacks will be in the mix for a postseason spot. Will they win a wild card spot? I don't know. But I think they may end up surprising a lot of people. Um, to me, I think the Rockies are are right now the the bottom of this division. Um, you know, that could change if, you know, Chris Bryan is is the Chris Bryan of Chicago and and uh, they get some some uh you know some some things happen but um yeah it's a, look it's a really good division uh the padres the dodgers the giants should be good um you know look would it shock anybody if the giants much like a couple of years ago are kind of out of nowhere like really 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 good again and winning 100 games right i i don't think anybody would be shocked because that happens sometimes and we saw it happen a couple of years ago and then you mix in the d-backs and um, in the Rockies. So, uh, again, long answer, but my, uh, my pick in the NL West, and I don't just say this because I'm sitting here in Peoria, um, but my pick is the Padres. I think they will win the NL West. I think it'll be tough. I don't think it's going to be uh, uh, kind of a runaway situation. I, 
I expect it will be a tight division race between the Padres and the Dodgers, but this Padres team can do it. Yeah, one one last note. I know you you talked about the bullpen being a strength for this team. We are a pro Chris Matt podcast. For sure. S- spent a lot of time with him for St. Louis. He's the best. So he's he's <laughs> yeah. Bill Chris Matt is um he's an outstanding guy. He's uh incredibly nice. I've got I really enjoyed getting to know him last year and both this spring. Um and he's really good. He's really, really good. He was reliable. Very, very, very good for the Padres last year. He's, um, you know, he's flexible. You can have him kind of as a long man. You can start if you need him to. Um, you know, you can throw just a single inning and be more of a setup guy. I'm, I'm with you. I'm a big Nabil Krismat fan. And yes, he's, he's another reason why the bullpen, you know, should be really good. Yeah, it's, it's funny. You talk so much about the offense and the top of their rotation, but the, there's a real chance that when you talk about the number one unit of this team, if everybody's healthy, and especially if Drew Pomerantz is is healthy and doing what he's done over the course of his career, I mean, the idea of having, you know, Hader and Suarez and Pomerantz and Garcia and Chris Matt um, available in those late innings, I mean, it could be really, really special. So that's a, that's something that we didn't talk about a ton. But yeah, the bullpen, like, could be could be really 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 good like great so um yeah that's hey that's part of the reason why why i think they're going to win the division and have a real chance to go win a world series that's why everybody in san diego thinks it and and is uh, so excited for the season yeah we're so excited to see this division we're just excited to be in the nl now because these divisions are a lot more exciting than the al but this one specifically we're really excited um i do have a final final question because we are a wine and baseball podcast just curious do you like wine um uh, and if so what kind but if not no worries <laughs> yeah i i'm not a big wine guy i okay. to be honest i really don't like red wine if i ever drink wine it's typically white wine um i I, I, you know, I've tried with the red wine. I know people love it. I, I just, it's, I don't, I don't like it that much. I don't like the taste. I don't like that kind of dry feeling in your mouth that you get after. <laughs> um, white wine. I like the sweet wine. So like white wines, I guess I'm not a wine expert, but like the Moscatos, the Rosés, the, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I like like dessert wine, like the dessert white wine. So, uh, uh cool. So, so yeah, that that I like. I'm not the biggest red wine guy, unless it's Manischewitz or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 Manischewitz, I like. But, but why do I like Manischewitz? Because it's it's super sweet. It's right? so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so that I like. Yes. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Scott? No, I was gonna say we won't hold that against you that you're not a big wine guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> you tried so. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, we'll have to. We'd love if you'd be a recurring guest. We'd love to have you back on. Thank you so much Absolutely. for your time. I feel like we could talk. I mean, I know we could talk baseball all day long. We That's what we do when we get together, anyways. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me and happy to come on anytime and, and talk baseball. Should be, uh, we're two weeks away. So should nice. be a very, very exciting season. I know. Yeah. Are you going to travel at all with the team this year? Do you know? So I'm, you know, I may a little bit. Um, I typically do not. So when the team's on the road, I I do the same pre and post game shows, but I I do them from the studio. And then um, when the team's at home, I do them from from Petco Park. So uh, yeah, it's uh, there. There's there's good things about doing it from the studio too. Um, 
you know, I love traveling. I love being at the ballpark, but um, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready for uh, for a full schedule, whether I'm at the ballpark or, or in the studio, because even when you're in the studio, it's a solid I mean, it's a it's a solid day's work between uh, getting ready for pregame and the shows and the game and everything that goes into it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you both know kind of what what baseball's like. It's a it's certainly a grind. And I was actually not to take up too much time, but I was actually talking with somebody uh, the other day here at spring training because, I mean, Sarah, you know, like spring training is I mean, it's a Groundhog's grind. Day. Of, oh yeah, it's it's yeah. a grind in and of itself. It's early mornings, fairly long days. Um, yeah, it gets kind of repetitive. But uh, yeah, you don't. I was talking to somebody. You don't want to burn out in in spring training. So uh, we 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 had an off day yesterday. I was sure to enjoy it. May have another off day today. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Looking like this. So uh, yeah, but two weeks to go here in Arizona, and then we're we're off and rolling. Final stretch. Well, thanks again, Sammy. Always good catching up with you. Um, want to just shout out? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Where can they find you? Yes, they can find me on Twitter at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Uh, same handle on Instagram uh, for the TikTokers out there. Uh, Sammy Levitt, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V-I-T-T. Um, there might be part of your audience that knows me from there, not so much the Padre stuff. And uh, that's it. Yeah, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Yeah, I'm trying to post more to YouTube this year. So I think cool. I think I think if you type in Sam Levitt, it should pop up. I think the technical handle is Sammy Lev there as well. But okay. uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, Sam, it was nice meeting you, and uh, hope to do this soon again soon. And uh, best of luck this year. We'll be uh, tuning into a lot of Padres games. I'm sure. Sounds good. Cheers. Thank you. Sam is awesome. Shout yeah. out to Sam. Thanks for joining us again. That was fun. We'll definitely have him on because I feel like we could have talked to him for about a couple of hours. Definitely. About baseball, especially Padres baseball. Fun topic nowadays. So. Yeah, especially the small market to small market, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we were late. Yes, exactly. Not so much with the talent pool yet. Operative word being yet, but yeah, let's get into the NOS. We're excited to be in the National League. Finally, we've done our three weeks of AL previews. If you haven't listened to those, definitely recommend if you're interested to see where we think the AL teams will land. But now we're on to the National League. Yeah, I'm How'd... excited for this division. Yeah, it's definitely way more exciting than the American League. A lot less predictable, so maybe our standings won't be as similar as in the American League. Yeah, I think there's uh, more parity through the majority of the division. Parity? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, who should we start with? Let's let's go from Colorado to California. Okay, so we'll start with the Rockies. Yeah, and then um, go to Arizona, and then we'll go to the state of California. Okay, so do you want to start the timer? I do. Un momento, por favor. Okay, dos minutos on the timer. Ready, set. We're going to talk about the Rockies. Here we go. All righty, the Colorado Rockies this offseason added Mike Moustakas, Harold Castro, Nolan Jones, and Cole Tucker. Mm. Um, on the pitching side, they added Connor Siebold, Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand, Brent Suter and Nick Mears, former Bucko, to their bullpen. Not a lot of activity this offseason for the Rockies. A little disappointed by that. Not sure what 
confused is what the best way to describe this team. I don't know what they're doing. Their lineup is kind of intriguing. I like Daza. I like Chris Bryant, Crone, McMahon in the middle of the lineup. They have um, you know, a young rookie this year starting at shortstop, Ezekiel Tovar, who will be fun to watch. It's the pitching that's going to be kind of scary. Is mm, it always is in Colorado? Yeah, the high altitude. Um, but um, what do you think, Sarah? Well, you mentioned Mears being a former Bucko. Also, Cole Tucker is a former Bucko. Congratulations, Cole. Also, you're engaged. So maybe Vanessa likes Denver. Let's hope. Um, we are also confused over here on this side of the table about what the Rockies are doing. I hope Chris Bryant looks like the Chris Bryant of old because he's always fun to watch. Um, they are confusing yet intriguing, I would say. Yeah, they have a lot of guys that could hit 50 home runs in Coors Field. Uh, just a note, too, um, Brandon Rogers, Sean Bouchard, and Randall Grichuk are going to start the season on the IL, it looks like, um, as of right now. But, um, you know, they have Daniel Bard. Shout out Daniel Bard as their closer. Mm. Um, and then I al- have always loved Nelson Lamette. I think he's going to take a big step this year. But other than that, the pitching is very thin. Going to be led by Kyle Freeland, who they just locked up this offseason. I don't know. We'll see what this team does. But um, I'm not optimistic this offseason. I wish they would have done a little bit more. Yeah, I do too. And I honestly thought they would after that acquisition of Chris Bryant, you know, like build some people. We also thought that um, Brandon Nimmo was, might go there. I know, to, Wyoming guy. Yeah, Wyoming guy, exactly. But turned out all for naught. Well, so we'll we'll see about Denver, but I don't know about you guys, Colorado. Good luck, you fans out there. Best of luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Arizona? Yeah, just keep on going west. All righty. Three, two, one. All right, the Arizona Diamondbacks this offseason added Loris Gariel, Gabriel Moreno in a trade with the Blue Jays, Evan Longoria, Kyle Lewis in the trade with the Mariners, and on the pitching side, they added Andrew Chafin, Miguel Castro. Um, oh, also forgot to mention Diego Castillo from the Pirates. Um, this is a team that I think, and we've said it before, they're really sneaky. Like They have a chance to be really good. You know, start to be good this year, but I think in the next few years only get better. They have a lot of young talent. I I think Corbin Carroll is as sure thing as a prospect as there is. Jake McCarthy, um, Gabriel Moreno was the best best catching prospect last year. He, I think he's going to really break out this year. Um, and pitching too, they're led by Zach Gallen, who's I think a frontline starter in this league. Bullpen, a little bit to be desired there, but um, you know I think this is going to be an exciting team. Yeah, definitely. They are a little bit young. They kind of remind me of the Orioles where they they could win if they had a little bit more, but they can be sneaky, right? Um, they could sneak up into to upper echelons of the division. Um, I really like them. I like Longo here. Um, yeah. I like that he's still around. Good veteran presence. Exactly. Um, I like that a lot. And Diego Castillo, I think he might surprise us all there. Yeah, and I think we need to really keep an eye on... Well, Kyle Lewis was a Rookie of the Year candidate a couple of years ago. He hasn't been healthy. If he gets healthy, like that outfield's loaded with McCarthy and Carroll. But also, they have three young uh, rookie pitchers that we need to watch for this year. Brandon Fat, Ryan Nelson, and Dre Jameson, all top pitching prospects in the league. They could be in the rotation with Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen. And Bumgarner could move to the pen eventually. Um just something to watch for this year. I think they're going to be a fun team. If you're turn, turning on MLB TV late at night and you want to watch good baseball, the Diamondbacks are going to be on at 10. Yeah. Eastern time. Well, Eastern time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Always fun. Nice.
Which Colorado, which California team should we start with, Sarah? I say let's go south to north. Okay, so we're going to go Padres. Sam's Padres. Here we go, Sammy. One, two, three. All right, the Padres were busy this offseason. They added Xander Bogarts, Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, uh, Rugnet Odor, Adam Engel, and they also signed Michael Walker. Seth Lugo, Brent Honeywell, and a couple of veteran pitchers to minor league deals, Cole Hamels and Julio Tehran. Um, this team is deeper this year and just loaded with stars. You know, you got a top four in your order of Bogart, Soto, Tatis, Machado. Uh, you also have Cronenworth. You have the uh, veteran presence of Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter. Um, their pitching staff is deeper. Michael Walker had a good season with the Red Sox last year. He is added to the middle of the rotation. Um, and then their bullpen, like we talked with Sam about earlier, like their bullpen is very underrated. Hater Suarez, Garcia. Yeah. Chris Matt. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, don't forget Chris Matt. Um, he has a nasty changeup and can, you could also put him in to start like spot starts, like Sam was saying. So that's really good. I can't believe the Padres have Juan Soto, Tatis, Machado, and now Xander, yeah. are you kidding me? Like that's that team is stacked. And three of them are locked up for the next decade. Yeah. So so watch out, San Diego's so going to be around. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> stay classy. I mean, this lineup indeed. is going to be fun. The fans of San Diego are going to be, you know, packing that ballpark every night. Um, it's they're going to be one of the best teams of baseball. Yeah, I agree. Do you think Nelson Cruz will hit over under twenty five home runs? I think you can get it over. I think 25 is a good over-under mark to set. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just came up with that in my own mind. <laughs> I think uh, Soto is going to bounce back. I mean, not that he had a bad year, but 240-some batting average last year. Um, the shift going away. I see him having a monster year. So is he your pick to click? We'll see. <laughs> Only time will tell. Um, I also just wanted to mention real quick, Cruz and um, – we mentioned Cruz, sorry, Carpenter. I love Matt Carpenter. I think he's just like a sneaky, steady guy to have on a roster. I'm going to miss him next year. I bet place. you are. <laughs> All righty. The L.A. Dodgers. All right. The rival. The Dodgers. Let's go north. All right. Let's three, two, one, go. The Dodgers this offseason were a little quieter than years past. They added J.D. Martinez, David Peralta, Miguel Rojas in a trade with the Marlins. Jason Hayward, Noah Syndergaard, and J.P. Fireisen from the Rays. Um, they didn't add any huge names. I mean, J.T. Martinez is not a nobody. David Peralta is not a nobody. But, like, we're used to them going out and getting Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Um, Will Smith, they got a good middle of their order. Max Muncy can only go up from last year. He had a, some trouble, was hurt. Um and their rotation without Bueller this year, he's gotten getting Tommy John. Gavin Lux is out for the season. Are they going to add a shortstop at some point this year, or is Miguel Rojas going to be their everyday guy? Mm. Watch out for rookie Miguel Vargas. He's going to make a big. Um, he's going to play all over the field. And so he might be your pick to click. We'll see. Pick <laughs> a few guys. We'll see. I the the Jay Hay signing confused me a little bit. Like I don't I don't see why. There are so many other people to go mm -hmm. out for. Um, Syndergaard, I think, will be an interesting one. Um, They're going to turn him into a, a – Yeah. I, I, I would bet on Syndergaard this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is he your picture cookie? <laughs> well, see, Sarah, you're trying to get that out of me. I am. Um, I, I like Syndergaard um, in that in that town. He might, he'll either thrive off of it because he was in New York and likes that energy, or it'll completely do him in. Yeah, I think they have so much depth, like always, too. Like, we're going to see Dustin May come back this year. Mm-hmm. He's, like, got a ton of talent. He could be a frontline starter. I mean, just it's always next man up mentality. They have their embarrassment of riches out there in L.A. Yeah, and they didn't even spend that many riches this offseason. No. But they spent – it's funny because we're like, oh, why didn't they spend any money? But in comparison to other teams, they've spent a lot, actually, like to the yeah. smaller market teams, right? And obviously they're trying to, you know, skirt the luxury tax this year. There might be someone that's free next year that uh, mm, that they have their eye on. I think far away so. right now. Um, a Babe Ruthian kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, that kind of guy. Yeah, that's what I thought. All righty, we're gonna go further north to San Francisco. Close out, close out the NL West on this one. All righty. Three, two, one. San Francisco missed on Carlos Correa and Andrew J- Aaron Judge, Andrew Judge, Aaron Judge, <laughs> or, or Arson Judge. This offseason. And signed Michael Conforto, Mitch Hanniger, Blake Sable in the Rule 5. Uh, they also got Roberto Perez from the Buccos. Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling is, are, were added to the rotation. Taylor Rogers and Luke Jackson to the bullpen. Um, they didn't make any sexy signings. Like you, We thought they were going to land one of the big free agents this year. But, you know, Michael Conforto didn't play all last year. He's looked mm. great in spring so far. Um they have Joey Bart, who is one of their top prospects, who has not been great um, over the past year or two. He looks to bounce back. Um, their pitching staff, I swear they, they just turn guys around. They're the new reclamation project for pitchers. Um, you can expect Sean Manai and Ross Stripling to have big gears. I don't know. It seems just like looking at it, it's kind of boring to me. Mm. But maybe that that's kind of what they'll feed off of, you yeah. know? Um, kind of being no one, kind of like the Giants. Was, was it last year when all of a sudden they were good? Two years. Two ago. years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's like, whoa, where did these guys come from? You know, mm-hmm. um, they lost Longoria. They lost some other veterans. They lost out on Correa, mm-hmm. obviously. So I think they were trying to make a splashier move, as as you mentioned with um, what'd you call him, Aaron? No, Arson Judge. Ar- Ar- no, what'd you Andrew. say, Andrew? Judge, yeah. Um, but I like this team. I think. They they can be sneaky. They're 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 confident underdogs. Yeah, I think the casual fan looks at this roster and are like, who are these guys? But they're good. Yeah, because like, they make the most out of what they have, and they like turn around a lot of guys that failed elsewhere. Um, like Tyro Estrada, he didn't really fail with the Yankees. Just didn't get the opportunity to to play much. They still have Chuck Peterson, who's an exciting player. Um, Mike Yastrzemski. J.D. Davis, Logan Webb's a great pitcher. I don't know. This is a team that's always going to, I think, overperform their expectations. Yeah, kind of like the Rays. Yeah. They operate in a very similar way. But they have a much bigger market, so that's why we're expecting yeah. them to make that big signing. Yeah, exactly. It's also expensive to live there, so they need to pay their players more. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. All right, so that's a quick NL West breakdown. What happened this offseason, what we – think about them this season um now we'll get into some awards our predictions for um awards in the nos or candidates that could come from cool now let's uh let's start sarah we're gonna go down like we usually do um we'll each say which team our our players from we can start with mvp okay um (laughs) 
Sarah, why don't you go first? All right. Uh, mine is coming from Tinseltown, Hollywood, Los Angeles, Dodgers. Mine is coming from San Slam Diego. Okay, cool. I like I like the difference. I'm gonna go with the old the old Boston favorite, Mookie mm-hmm. Betts. He's on my list. Yeah, I mean, how can you count out Mookie? You can't. He's so freaking good at baseball. He's mm-hmm. such an athlete. Like I would count him in the running for MVP every year. And this year I'm picking him. He's gonna be the leader of that team this year too. Like not that he wasn't before, but like Trey Turner's gone. You Justin know, Turner's gone. Justin Turner's gone. Like I think a lot of him and Freddie Freeman are gonna have a lot of attention on them. For sure. Um, Who's your MVP? I'm taking Juan Soto. I like it. Yeah. I think Juan Soto's gonna have a massive year. Um, I think you could take any of those four Padres <laughs> players. Um, but I, I think well, Soto's still at what 24 years old. He's a baby. He's a baby. Um, and I think he's going to have a massive year. Um, and I think the Padres will be really good. Yeah. Same. Moving on. Sai. Mm. Yes, where's your Cy Young candidate? So my Cy candidate is with Slam Diego as mm, well. So is mine. Uh, well, hopefully it's not the same person. I hope not. I don't think it will be, but. So I have, this was my overall Cy pick last year for the National League. Joe Musgrove. Okay, cool. Not the same one. I've And I think Joe Musgrove had a very strong uh, argument last year for NL Cy Young. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I think he's just crafty. He's got five six pitches. He's he can go deep into games, um, and he's reliable. I mean, I think he's just going to put up great numbers this year with that team. That's got an incredible. You're not going to have to do much on the mound to get a win. <laughs> yeah, and he only has nine working toes at the moment. Yeah, so. that's true. But sounded like from Sam's <laughs> interview that he's going to won't be out long, um, and he's already throwing off the mound. So that encouraged me today okay and i kept them on my list okay all right well mine um is a former tampa bay ray blake snell like it i mean he's like it. he's one of those guys that same with mookie Betts. like you can never count them out um if blake snell is performing on all cylinders i would say bodily wise like healthy but also mentally healthy then he is no one to mess with and probably shouldn't be taken out early of games in this off season or this season. I agree. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think Bob Melvin's going to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely, I'm, I've always been a fan of Blake Snell. Saw him with the Rays. Like we came up together in baseball basically. And so, um, I'll pick him any day of the week. He's my Cy Young. Watch out. Awesome. No, I like that pick. Um, had him on my list as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you have a little bit of bias with Joe Musgrove, but I do. Yeah, I do. Former pirate, um, was spent some time in Pittsburgh, but like, he also started his career in Bluefield, where I had my right. See, even my, more bias. Uh, interning at, but um, people forget he was a Blue Jay. People do forget. Um, but anyways, rookie of the year. Moving on. Yeah, so this one was tough, and I was trying not to pick a too much of an obvious choice because I had a feeling you were gonna go. With a certain someone who you love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I did. So, um, my rookie of the year is from Colorado. Mine's from Arizona. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go with Tovar, Ezekiel Tovar, the shortstop who you mentioned earlier uh, when we were discussing Colorado. Yeah, I think he he could give the Diamondback who you are about to mention a run for his money. I think he definitely could, playing in that ballpark. Um, 
I think there are like three or four. There's a lot of rookies in this division that are going to make big impacts this year. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think still having rookie eligibility. He only came up in September last year, but Corbin Carroll. Is about as shock thing uh, as there is. As a can you believe he it? He already got that big extension. Yeah, eight years, one hundred eleven. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. If you've seen this guy run, like he's <laughs> even on video, he looks fast. Like he, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think I think Corbin Carroll is going to lead off, hit over three hundred consistently. Um, still forty plus bases, especially with the new bases. Mm. Um, probably bigger than him <laughs> um, and he's gonna hit for some power too like I could see 15 to 20 some home runs um, he's an exciting player uh, um, I think he's a spark plug and uh, Tovar too Tovar yeah in that ballpark um, I think I don't think he's getting enough attention right now like he is a top prospect but like yeah since he's, he's in Colorado, like people don't think about him. They always there's always that bias, kind of like drafting out of the Northeast, like Mike Trout bias, yeah. right? Like it's always going to be like, oh, that ballpark, like it helps them or mm. whatever. Pitching it, it deters them or damps their their stats. So um, yeah, I think he will be great, and especially with Chris Bryant in the clubhouse to kind of mentor him mm-hmm. um, and really groom him. Breakouts. This is tough. I have literally five. There's names so here. many in I this division. <laughs> Pick to click. Um. Oh my. Um. This is tough. Um. I'm trying to shake it up a little bit. I am. I have my pick. I'm literally deciding it right now. I love this. What? What team? San Francisco. Oh, so is mine. Oh man. Oh the no. Team. My pick is Joey Bart. Ooh, catcher. My so pick is Michael Conforto. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, I like so. Just a little background here. I like Joey to break out this year. I think he's gotten off to a slow start. Um, he's going to be mentored by Roberto Perez, and um, you know, I th- I'm sure Buster Posey's involved with that yeah. uh, organization. But he's just in a good organization to really, um, you know, um, make a name for himself. Like it. A lot of guys start off slow in their careers. Like, I still believe in Jared Kelnick from the Mariners. Um, but, um, you know, he seems like uh, everything I hear about him, he's a hard worker and he's, he's you know, going – people are confident that he's going to make that um, that switch. So, um, yeah, look for out for Joey Bart this year. Also, look out for Michael Conforto. You mentioned it when you are talking about the Giants, but he didn't play last year. He's going to come back – I think healthier, more mentally strong. And like you said, it's a good organization to be with. Um, And I think a lot of people, a lot of players love playing there and it it helps their careers. And you kind of saw that turnaround with Longoria and the team he was on, Mm -hmm. kind of like getting back into the swing of things. So I've always been a Michael Conforto fan, you know, because of the Mets when we worked worked there and just saw how nice he was and his work ethic and – yeah, I remember when he was in the Penn State League. I remember when he was at Oregon State. I yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always root for him, and he's going to be my pick to click this year. Cool. I yeah. think he's going to have a big season. Like, I know we said that the Giants didn't make, like, a splash, but, like, Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto are, like, not nobodies. Like, yeah. And they're in an organization that can make – not make them because they are somebodies, but, like, really, um, you know – they're going to thrive there. Like all the pitchers that go there, like I, I, I'll, I'll bet on Ross Stripling this year. I'll bet on Shamanaya. 
um, even like Alex Wood, like guys like that, um, they get the most out of their guys. So yeah, I'm confident that Conforto, he's having a great spring. So and also, I may have a little bias, but shout out to Pete Petula, um, oh, yeah. the new GM there, and yeah. I think he knows what he's doing. Kind of like the Astros, also make the best out of the players. He knows how to do that now. The Giants, and he has. Did Pete come from the Rays, or did he, was he strictly? No, with he's been with that. He was with the Astros for his entire. I'm thinking career. of the um, the last Rays GM and the last Astros GM. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that, the last after <laughs> the race. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Great guy. He's so nice. Shout out to his dog, Donut, by the way. Love Donut. Donut. Yeah, Donut. So cute. But I do think that he knows how to get the most out of his staff and players. Like, he's a very personable guy, but also very smart and not, you know, too much in his head, but can, can relate to people. And I'm excited to see what he does with his team, for sure. Yeah. No, I'm excited. It's, I think this division's like underrated. Like Colorado, look, looking at their lineup, their pitching's atrocious. Yes, <laughs> but like, like they their lineup is underappreciated. Like I'd put their lineup against a lot of teams: um, Daza, Bryant, yeah. Crone. Like if this if that team, the Rockies team, was in the AL Central, uh-huh. they would oh they would have be, yeah. a run for their money. I'd take them over Detroit, Kansas City yeah, any day of sure. the week. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think this division is underrated. Um, I think we're going to... I don't want to get too much into it because we got to do our standings. Before, but before we do our standings, okay. can we please refill? Okay, Scotty, you're I don't a think I'm re- I, don't, you. I don't think I'm ready to get my grade yet. <laughs> okay. Flip over my notes so you don't see my... I've, um, I'm still going back and forth on a couple. I was going to say I've switched mine like at least five times today. So. Nice. Alrighty, so, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. So, Sarah, I went first <laughs> with the AL East. So, the stage is yours. Uh, I hate going first and stuff like this. So, um, I'm going to go from the bottom to the top because I think... We're a bottom-up podcast. We, like, <laughs> we, we believe in a bottom-up economy, right? Yeah, started from the bottom, Yeah, and then we'll not, get there. Not the top-down, trickle-down stuff. Psh, never. All right. <laughs> Starting, I'm going to go with the Rockies. They're fifth place. They're not going to be at the top of the division, and they're not going to be at the middle. Okay. They're going to be last. Um, And we just outlined why. If you don't remember... You know, zoned out, just rewind, and then you'll see why I picked yeah. them in the and basement. Subscribe, unsubscribe, you know, give us a five-star rating, all that stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, fourth, um, I'm going to go D-backs. Oof. This is tough for me. This division's tough. One yeah, through four is hard. Yeah. So I'm going to go D-backs just because they are a little young. Like I said, they remind me of the Orioles where they're going to be – my prediction is fourth, but they could definitely get into third. Mm-hmm. Um, but I – I'm going to stick with what I originally wrote for fourth, and I'm going to go D-backs. Third, I'm going to go San Francisco Giants. I think um, they could do it. I mean, this is mostly a crapshoot, so I could be totally wrong. I don't have much conviction in these predictions because I've changed it so many times. But I like the Giants in third. Um, Yeah, compared to the other two teams. Scotty's just looking at his phone while I'm talking. Love that. My turn's up in my fantasy draft. It's okay. No clock. <laughs> we can pause. So you no, can no, fantasy no, 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 no. No clock. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be one, one of our all-time podcast moments right there. Mm. 
Yeah, it feels great to be interrupted by your phone. Okay, so <laughs> number <laughs> two. So I have, to recap, just in case you weren't paying attention, Scotty. I have fifth, Rockies, fourth, D-backs, third, Giants. I'm going fourth, Dodgers. Second, Dodgers. Second, Dodgers. I went, yeah. I'm a podcast there. Sorry, the Riesling's going straight to my head, apparently. <laughs> I'm rattled. <laughs> so Rockies, D-backs, Giants, Dodgers are going to come in second. Okay. Um, I I think with all their injuries and the they didn't make too many moves. I, I they know they deserve my respect, but they kind of remind me of the Yankees, where it's like that gap in front is closing a little bit. And so for fun, I want to see someone else win the division. And so my first place team will be the Padres. Sam outlined why he also thinks they're going to be in first. Obviously, he has a little bit of a bias, but I'm going to follow in his footsteps and say the Padres are going to live up to their potential this year. Yeah. Um, okay, Sarah, I think great minds think alike. Um, you mean grape minds? Grape minds. <laughs> grape vines think alike. Foul vines. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't Sure. Um, I think that – I like that. I like that. I, I'm, like, on board with that. I've had that exact order. Yeah. I don't – right now I have that exact order. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I've had that order. Um, I think – the Rockies are fifth. Okay. We can agree on something. Yeah. I think the Rockies are fifth. The pitching is just like not going to get it done. Um, you know, unless there are, barring some revelations in the pitching staff with guys like Kyle Freeland or any starter, you know, breaking out. Um, fourth. This is where it's tough because I don't, I'm not confident about my pick here. I'm going to San Francisco. <laughs> okay. I know I, I just talked them up for a little bit. Well, I just ha- I had them fourth too. I had okay. this. So I just I get look it. at their roster, like, and you obviously got to account for some regressions with some guys like Jock Peterson. Mike Yastrzemski has regressed the past two years. I mean, every player does um, as they get into the 30s. Um, what are you saying about 30 year old Scotty? Oh, nothing. I'm about to be 30. So. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. This team is just like I said, boring to me. And I and I could see it going south if you don't get that breakout from Joey Bart. If you don't, um, you know, they're they don't really have any prospects at the high end of their system other than like a pitcher, Kyle Harrison, who I'm excited about. But um, I I don't know. I I, I think there's something missing here. Like I I would have been more confident if they landed like a Correa or a Judge even. Yeah. Um. I'm just like iffy on this team, even though like I believe in their front office, I believe in their coaching staff. I love Gabe Kapler. Um, I just, I feel like it could go south. Um, third, and I, but I think this is going to be close, right? Yes, definitely. Three, four, three and four, I think are going to be very close. And one and two are going to be close. And one and two are going to be close. Yeah. Three, I have the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I and this is, I'm really counting on a lot of young talent, like excelling this year yep. down there so like the three rookie pitchers i talked about that are probably gonna be in the rotation at some point all three of them at one time this year with zach Gatlin, who's not old either um i think their lineup is deep like kyle lewis could be like their dh or fourth outfitter that's ridiculous um especially if he's health healthy and playing well um and they got guys like evan longoria to mentor them mm-hmm. i think i think the dimebacks front office has done a really good job of of rebuilding this team because they've got more coming too. Like it's not just the guys that are there now. So I could see them like 
exceeding their whatever their over under is this year. I think it's like seventy some wins. I could see them getting like eighty, or I could see them getting like low eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, second, I have the Dodgers. Cool. Um, and I don't think it's going to be like within a game of first. So obviously I have the Padres first. Um, I don't think they're going to be within a game, but I don't think they're going to be like getting blown out. Yeah. Um, I think the Padres are going to win this division. I think if they don't win it, it's going to be a disappointment. I really do. Like they definitely, they have a big four that the Dodgers don't have. I mean, granted they have a great team. They have Freeman and Mookie Betts. But, like, they've spent a lot of money and invested a lot in this team. I think it will be a disappointment if they don't come in first. And I think they are going to come in first. I think the Dodgers are going to be right behind them and they're going to get a playoff spot. Um, but I think there is going to be a little bit of a gap there. So I think it's, like, Padres, Dodgers on their own level, and then, like, Giants, Diamondbacks. How much of a gap are we talking? Like, three games, I'm seven games? Like five to seven. Okay. Um, and then I think the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are going to be on their in their own tier. And then I think the Rockies are kind of, like, yeah. They're going to, like, surprise team, t- team some nights. They're going to be on ESPN highlights, like, oh, look at the Rockies <laughs> hit seven home runs in this game. But they're not. They're going to come in last in, in this in this. Decision. So they're going to have a high percentage to get the first pick in the draft. <laughs> they will, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they will be high in the lottery. High in the lottery, yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they play in a tough division. I think that division is deserves some respect. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the Padres are, are – I, I, be willing to bet that they're going to win this division not easily but like they they should i agree obviously we yeah. we have the same one two and five so love it yeah love to see it mixing it up um okay no that's that's good well i guess we can move on to league news yeah let's uh cheers to another preview scotty preview nl west nl century next Alrighty, so league news this week. So have we stopped calling it Vineyard Vibes? You just you like calling it league, league news? news? Yeah, let's bring back Vineyard Vibes. Do you want? I don't yeah. know. You Vineyard you're... Vibes is back. Okay, I never went anywhere. <laughs> uh, Vineyard Vibes is back. Um, not too much, just two notes. Okay, this week, um, Jose Quintana. Yeah. Out three months with a stress fracture of his ribs. That's, that sounds rough. It sounds painful. I'm mostly sad for Team Columbia. Yes. Yes, me too, and we'll get into that more because I am sad about Team Columbia um, here in a second. Also, some free agent news. Trevor Bauer Ugh. is headed to Japan on a one-year deal. Hopefully he doesn't come back. Yeah. That's my hope. Why, um, Japan? Yeah. But thank you, but why? Japan, you can have him. You can have him. Literally, for free. Um, so, yeah, he's not pitching to major leagues this year. I'm not mad about it. Do you think that he's um, still working out at Driveline before he goes to Japan? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <Who knows? laughs> Playing with his uh, drone. Um, but, yeah, no, I uh, – good riddance. Yep. Anyways. Uh, anyways, <laughs> on to more important news. Yes. World Baseball Classic. Sarah, this has been awesome. Yeah, it um, has. So exciting. Pool A and Pool B works um, – you know, decided we're already on to the next round. 
so the four teams who made it were Cuba, Italy, Japan, Australia. Congrats, Scotty. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, Say the four teams again. Cuba and Italy, Japan and Australia. Okay. Um, today, Cuba beat Australia. They're moving on. Yep. So now after the um, round robin, they go just single game elimination. Yep. It's like uh, based on seeds. And I think Italy were, was the last. They, I don't think I know they were the last <laughs> seed. So they play Japan tomorrow, unfortunately, I think. <laughs> <laughs> See, it might be the end of the road. I'll, I'll be up at 6 a.m. just to, you know, one last time watching. You're up Italy. at 6 a.m. anyways. Yeah. But um, I think Otani is throwing. I'm not positive, but I... From what I heard, Otani is um, not going to th- play the whole World Baseball Classic. He's only going to play this round and then head back to the Angels. He has something with the Angels agreed upon. Oh, interesting. So, but they sell Darvish and Sasaki and all these. Yeah, it's stuff. funny. It's like, yeah, they don't need Otani. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so, yeah, Japan, Italy tomorrow. I'm expecting to see Japan-Cuba final. Japan probably moves on. Okay. Pool C and Pool D haven't completely finished. Right. Um, along with Japan, we have another 4-0 team, Venezuela. Congrats. Yeah. They moved on. Um, and it's looking like tonight, Dominican-Puerto Rico play. That's a big game. I think Dominican wins that pretty mm. easily um, and moves on out of this pool, too. But they're both 2-1. Um, so decisive games. Decisive game. That's, that's going to be a fun watch tonight. Um, in Pool C in Phoenix... Mexico went three and one. Mm. I'm telling you, they are asleep. Yeah, they well, they're yeah. I, yeah. I think Melissa told us she's like, watch out for Team Mexico. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I feel bad for um, Melissa and Team Colombia because Team Colombia, well, they started off beating Mexico. That was a huge, yeah, win. huge win, and then U.S. Lo- um, lost badly to Mexico. Um, it's looking like the U.S. will advance. Their game with Colombia tomorrow I thought was going to be decisive, but Colombia ended up losing to Great Britain and Canada. Which is crazy, crazy to me. Crazy. It's local, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, barring anything crazy, I think the U.S., I think they're most definitely going to move on because Canada's 2-2, two and two, but U.S. beat Canada like 12-1. So I don't... I think the U.S. would have the tiebreaker regardless. We're rooting for chaos nonetheless. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, so we're looking at, um, you know, the next round being Mexico, USA, Venezuela, Dominican. That's going to be a fun round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I foresee them, you know, meeting up with Japan at some point. So um, World Baseball Classic, fun as always. Check it out. Ronzi Contreras pitched a gem for the Dominican. Ronzi. Ronzi. I think it was against Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Israel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to try it this time. I know you. <laughs> I thought about it. Um, yeah. So, you know, World Baseball Classic um, is great. We missed it. Hadn't seen it since 2017, since 2020 was canceled. Yeah. Can't wait for 2026 already. Yeah. Because I know. I mean, it's not over yet, Scotty. You got to relish in the time we have. I know. I might start doing recruiting for Team Italy. <laughs> Get Anthony Volpe. You should go on Team Italy. I'll ask Piazza for a coaching job or something. Maybe like a morale coach. Director of morale. Director of morale. I could see that for you. I'm typing up that. I'll be their official scorekeeper. I'm not Italian, though. I could be the scorekeeper for Israel. I could write in Hebrew. There you go. And that's how they wrote their lineup card. I saw that. That was pretty cool. I could do that. And then I saw, um, did you see the pitcher? He was the first Orthodox. I didn't see that. Steinmetz from the Diamondbacks. He was like a third, fourth round pick. It's a great prefix to a surname. 
How do you say so myself? <laughs> um, yeah, he threw um, the other day. Um, but yeah, World Baseball Classic, highly recommend. Everyone continue watching it. It's why baseball is the best sport in the world. Um, and it's just, it's really exciting. I it's know, super it's, fun. It's awesome. Yeah. It's on Fox, Fox Sports. Yes. Just in case you didn't know that. All right. Thanks for the league news, Scotty. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Or the Vineyard Vibes. Excuse me. The Vibes. The Vibes. Thanks for the Vibes, Scotty, as always. I'll bring the Vibes next week. <laughs> um, speaking of Vibes, what kind of Vibes do you get on this wine? What do you got? Okay, so I didn't think I'd... I came in, like I said, pessimistic about this wine. Um, I like it, though. I, I think I'm going to give it a 50. Mm. I'm also giving it a 50. Wow. Yeah. This is high for a Riesling for me. Like, yeah, it's that off dryness. It's the off dry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of a comp here. I know. Usually I think of a comp like as we're doing the podcast yeah. so I don't completely stutter. But we can pause for the cause while we think. And I'll put in a little. I'll try to go with doo, the Padre. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, um, I have mine. Can I say it since you're still thinking? Yeah. Okay. Um, mine is going to be my breakout player. This is my pick to click of wine. This is the Michael Conforto of wines. Oh, okay. I like that. I, yeah. I think it's underrated, has low expectations, except for me, obviously. Um, and is that league average, but good, solid, off dry, kind of great. Okay. So I'm going to go with my one of my pick to click op- options that I mentioned on the podcast today. Luis Campusano. Nice. Backup catcher for the Padres. He was a top catching prospect in baseball. He just hasn't had that consistent consistent playing time. Mm. Um, I think that's going to start to fade away this year with Noah. And I think he's going to get more playing time. And we're going to give him a chance. <laughs> like I gave this Riesling a chance. Hey. <laughs> and um, I think he is going to show that he's an everyday catcher. Mm. Thanks for staying open to this wine scotty yeah just ready for anything yeah Yeah. thank you it's not always easy you came in a little skeptic i think it's better though sometimes to have lower expectations because if you had high expectations for this i don't know if you would have given it as high of a grade true True. that's very true yeah all right well this was a good uh, a good episode good white wine episode so again you're welcome white wine fans um This is the NL West. Love the NL West. Big fam. Excited for that. And we'll see you next week with the NL Central. Yes. I'm excited about the NL Central. Um, We will have someone on to discuss their team. And um, I will definitely be bringing more vibes regarding the World Baseball Classic and everything around the league, you know. Yeah. The vibes will be popping. Everything on the yard. The baseball yard. The ball yard. The vine yard. All right. Good stuff. Salud. Salud. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving While Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, big paper, I increase my wealth. Huh. 
Red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Huh, allow me to introduce myself. Oh, thank you.